Good morning, church. This is the Sunday message for October 24th. In recent weeks, our Old Testament readings have gone through the book of Job. And this morning, I'd like to spend some time on Job and how it connects to our gospel reading from the book of Mark. Brace yourselves, though. Walking through Job is hard and complicated, yet it's hopeful and encouraging, but we've got to be patient. Let me set it up like this. I had a friend whose mother died of lung cancer. It was sad and tragic, especially her suffering in her final days. My friend commented on how often they were asked if she was a cigarette smoker. Some of you might have been wondering that already. We associate smoking with lung cancer. Decades ago, we didn't know smoking could lead to cancer, but now we do. My friend and his mother got asked about this all the time. For the record, she was not a smoker. They didn't know why she developed lung cancer. She just did. She seemingly had done nothing to deserve it. I talked with my friend a long time about why people felt the need to ask if she had smoked. And I wonder if it's this. We like cause and effect scenarios. You did this. This caused this. This is the effect. For that line of thinking is secure. It's neat and tidy. And you can trace the blame. Life sometimes works according to cause and effect. But not always. And in those times, people can be severely misunderstood. Like people wondering, was she a smoker? Was she a smoker? Even so, you got to ask the question, if a smoker dies of cancer, is it somehow less sad than when a non-smoker dies? Okay, consider the COVID-19 pandemic. I've known many who have tested positive, and two reactions often surface. Many experience a level of fear, which is understandable. The second is often embarrassment. In the social circles I run in, where people have been especially vigilant, to test positive has an embarrassment factor. It's tricky for sure. I mean, if one is cavalier about protocols, risk management, then yeah, there, there may be a cause and effect at play. But I know several who have been avid mask wearers, received the vaccine, and yet they ended up testing positive. It's been interesting to read the news during all this. When someone dies, the media often tells us if they had a pre-existing condition as well as their vaccine status. And I get that. I mean, I understand it. But I hope we can all see this as well. Like, we crave a strict cause and effect because it makes life simpler, clearer. But we have to realize life does not always demonstrate a clear cause and effect. Sometimes bad things just happen. and We don't know why. And when you want an explanation and none surfaces, that's where faith is revealed. In the cultures in which the Bible was written and passed down, most operated out of a cause and effect slash blame mindset. A cause and effect or blame mindset. For example, in John chapter 9, when a man is blind, the disciples ask Jesus, Huh, who sinned, him or his parents, that he's now blind? translation. Somebody must have done something to cause this blindness. I mean, bad things don't just happen, right? There has to be a cause and effect. There has to be someone to blame. Jesus just waves them off. No, 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 no. That's not what's going on. And consider that as we encounter another reading about a man who was blind. Mark chapter 10, 
46 through 52, Mark chapter 10, 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is God's word. It's a really neat story. And I'd like us to focus on the idea of sight in the story, both physical and spiritual. So the blind man cannot physically see, but that doesn't mean he has no sight. He can see who Jesus is, even if his eyes don't work. He has spiritual sight. Jesus recognizes his sight by his faith, saying, Your faith has healed you. And then Jesus heals his physical eyes. Then the man can see, spiritually and physically. Notice the exchange is all about who, meaning Jesus. The story is not about the why. It's not about why he was ever blind in the first place. No answer is given. Jesus focuses more on the who than the why. And those around him don't understand this. They can physically see, but they don't spiritually see. They rebuke the blind man. They tell them to be quiet. They're focused more on the why than the who. This man must have done something to deserve it. He's unclean. He's less than us. Keep him quiet. Don't interrupt the great teacher. They want to blame and silence. But the story reveals them to be ignorant and blind. They don't see. So let's consider the story of Job. And this story, and the purpose of this story in the Christian tradition and in the biblical canon. The purpose of this story is to deconstruct cause and effect. To deconstruct reap what you sow. Often we do reap what we sow, but not always. So there's these qualifiers that are really important, and it's to disrupt those. That's why it falls in wisdom and devotional literature. We've got to be really wise and not force cause and effect onto every single scenario. So, okay, as the story opens, we find that Job is a man of great wealth. His abundant number of animals and children shown to be a man of great prosperity. Moreover, he feared God, walked a blameless life. The story then drifts to a view of a spiritual court. In the story, angels as well as Satan come to visit with God. In conversation, God brags to Satan about Job specifically his obedient life. And Satan comes back with a, of course he obeys. Why wouldn't he? You're good to him. Well, the Lord believes Job will obey even if things don't go well. And so he gives permission to Satan to mess up Job's life. Just don't lay a finger on him. In the succeeding narrative, multiple tragedies result. Storms, fire, violent neighbors. All of Job's children die. He loses his wealth. He's poor and childless. And he gives one of the most moving responses in all the Bible. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord giveth, 
the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job refuses to curse God. Job continues to believe and obey. Round one. God won. Satan zero. So Satan returns to God, and God brags again about Job's obedience. And Satan responds, well, yeah, of course he's still obeying. You haven't done anything to him personally. And God says, okay, you can touch him, just don't kill him. So Satan inflicts Job with painful boils and sores all over his body. Job's wife tells him to give up, curse God. Job responds, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Once again, he refuses to curse God. Job continues to believe and obey. Round two, God Two, Satan still, zero. Then Job's three buddies come and visit him, and when they see him, it's far worse than they even imagined. They sit down with him for seven days and seven nights. No one says a word. Then they finally talk, and it all goes downhill. <laughs> Note to self, sometimes silence is better than speaking. So Job speaks first. He grieves, he mourns, he curses the day of his birth. He, I mean, he's not perfect. But he hasn't done anything to deserve the extent of, like, he hasn't done anything this bad to observe the extent of this. His buddies aren't so sure, though. They come at it from a cause and effect or blame mindset. Things don't just happen. You have to ask the why. And the why is this. Bad things happen to bad people. Good things happen to good people. You reap what you sow 100% of the time. It's the total and complete way to understand the entire universe. This is how the world works. You see it in chapter 4, verse 8. His friend Eliphaz says, Those who sow trouble reap it. You reap what you sow, Job. Go ahead and admit it. Tell us what you did. You must have done something to deserve this. Job's like, I haven't. Job, quit lying. Just tell us. Repent. Tell us what you did. Job doesn't deny he's a sinner, but he rejects that he did something that led to all this. And they go back and forth for around 30 chapters or more. Then God speaks. The story says God speaks out of the storm. And every time I get to this point, I'm excited. And I always think, even though I've read it so many times, I always think, God's going to tell him they won. We won, Job. We won the bet with Satan. Victory. We did it. You did it. But God never tells them about the conversation with Satan. God never, never shares what went on in the heavenly court. Instead, for several chapters, God talks about creation. Were you there when I created? Did you create? Were you a part of it? And he keeps listing things he created. Look at this. Look at that. Did you create this? Were you there? Didn't think so. I created, not you. And I have to be honest, I get a bit emotional every time I look at this story. Because I keep thinking, God, just tell him. Just tell him why just just tell him why won't it lighten his burden if you tell him please tell him God tell us tell me but God doesn't tell Job why God doesn't tell us why God doesn't tell me why even though I've asked why so many times. And yet, this answer is enough for Job. Job has never told the why, and yet the answer is enough. Let's read this part. Job 42, 1-6. This is our Job reading for the morning. 
Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this that obscures my plans with knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, Listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. Well, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. This is God's word. My favorite part is this. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Job can see. And link that with the man in Mark 10. The blind man who could spiritually see, and then Jesus says, what do you want? He says, I want to see, and then he can physically see. These are stories about sight. The man in Mark 10 can see. Job can see. And think about what can he see. He can't see the why, but he can see the who. He can't see the why, but he can see the who. And that may not seem like enough to us sometimes, but it is enough. We know the who, and the who is Jesus. The story ends with God criticizing Job's buddies. Job prays for them. We find in verse 10, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. To quote the prophet Joel, God restores the years the locusts had eaten. What is the lesson for us? Sometimes life works through a cause and effect framework. If you play in the street, you're more likely to get hit by a car. If you smoke, you're more likely to get cancer. If you study, you're you're better chance of doing well in the test. If you work hard, you're normally more successful. If you eat right and exercise, you normally get healthier. If you treat people nice, you normally have better relationships. If you serve God, you normally have a more peaceful life. Like Life often works through a cause and effect framework, but not always. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes people get lung cancer who never smoked. Sometimes people get COVID who were really careful. Sometimes people study hard and yet still fail. Sometimes people work hard and still find themselves poor. Sometimes people are innocent and still wind up in prison. Sometimes people are really nice and yet they still get mistreated by others. Sometimes we serve God and yet we still go through hard things. We must come to terms with this complexity and we must be careful about teaching pure cause and effect spiritual thinking. I'll give you a well-known example that I saw a lot growing up. Proverbs 22.6 says, Raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that is a great saying. That is a biblical saying. But the way the Proverbs work is they are wise sayings. But they are not 100% accurate all the time. Like Often that is true. Raise up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. Normally that's true. But not always. Sometimes amazing godly parents have kids who grow up and reject Jesus. I've seen that my whole life. And if all we do is teach cause and effect, then we end up blaming those godly parents. And I've seen so many godly parents shamed and blamed through that teaching. Now to be clear, normally I think it goes well. Like you raise up your kids and you like like good parents produce good kids more often than bad parents produce good kids, right? But not always, okay? So we must not blame people 
That's not fair. We must do better. I can think of so many examples ranging from parenting to relationships to health to happiness to money to job success. Yes, the idea of reaping what you sow is often true. I don't deny it. It's just not always true because it was not true for Job. So as we close, hold on to these three things. We may never know the why, but we can know the who. We can know Jesus. We can see Jesus. And for now, that is enough. It was enough for the man in Mark 10. It was enough for Job. And in 2021, as we're continually processing so many things, may it be enough for us. Second, don't be like Job's friends. May we be compassionate and resist blaming. No matter what someone has done, when they suffer, they deserve compassion. And let us grieve with those who grieve, and let us mourn with those who mourn. Third, Job ended up with twice as much as he did before. Whatever your struggle is, it will not last forever. Jesus is coming. The full kingdom is coming. The new heavens and the new earth, it's coming. And if we look at life from a spiritual point of view, and if we think about eternal life and our life forever in heaven with Jesus, we can confidently say this. It's going to get better. If not on this earth, then in the next life, it's going to get better. And it's with that hope that we can confidently say with Job, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord.